Welcome to Notorious Women Podcast. I'm Lavetta. I'm Miriam. And this is Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Welcome. that's what I'm going to do. You're uh, going to listen. I just want to be clear that right now you can get yourself whatever man you want, as long as he's good enough for you. And if he well, doesn't, that. listen, if he doesn't want you, then he's not good enough for you. Are we clear? Okay. You know, I never, mm. it's always when you're dating um, straight men, um, the, the challenge <laughs> is always, it's not necessarily looks or if they're attracted to you because they're men and you have boobies. Listen, um, do you have a vagina and breasts? They're yes. happy. Okay. It's, if Yeah. Like, do you, you know, it's not even that. It's like, I'm picky. There you go. I need you, you to be. have uh, brains. <laughs> Basic common sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No flat earthers for me. No, thank you. No, thank you. Back of the line, buddy. Back of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we should get started. Okay. Uh, I believe this week I am first. I, um, I think so. Yes. Actually, and I have that. a doozy. Have All right. Doozy. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to like my lady. I'm excited. Uh, this week, my notorious woman is a lady by the name of Doris Payne. I don't know her. I don't think uh, I know her. This gonna be good. All uh, right. What'd she do, Lavetta? What'd she do? Uh, so, is her name Doris in any way a hint as to what she did? Oh, you know <laughs> I just caught that. I'm a little slow Thank today. You. Uh, <laughs> No, not quite, but she okay, is okay. interesting. Okay. Um, I think that she, you'll see, you'll see. So okay. I'll get into it. So okay. Doris Payne was born on October 10th, 1930 okay. in Slab Fork, West Virginia. Could I love the name of the town more? No, I know, I can't. right? Uh, Slab Fork. Uh, her father was a coal miner and and was said to have been abusive towards her mother who worked as a seamstress. So that's not okay. so good. But no. that's, I mean, working class people, ugh, it's just 1930s. That's the depression. Yeah. You know. I don't think, right, there were no laws about domestic abuse. I think it depended on the state, uh, honestly. Uh, oh, really? I remember somebody telling me like, up until like 1991, they yes. had like still yep. laws on the books about you can you're allowed to beat your wife, but there yep. was like regulations on the size of the the stick. And you're just like, what? <laughs> I mean, it, it was the 90s. It was actually. I just saw a thing about that recently that yeah. made it illegal. I mean, it's way crazy. to go, world. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So, also like, fuck off world. Anyways, go on. I know. So. Now, as Doris, I will say this up front. Doris is not, she's what you would call a unreliable narrator. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I have a lot of writer friends. So like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm yes. not a writer, but like, I feel like I am because I have a lot of conversations with writers. And I know anyone who's a writer listening now is very angry because I have a lot of conversations <laughs> with writers. So I know how they would feel about that statement. 
Okay. Yeah. So my husband just keep just that in them. mind. Okay. Yeah. Just okay. just keep that in mind with Doris. Like she's a fascinating figure, and that's one of the reasons she's so fascinating is because of that as well as other things. So now, as Doris tells it, she was a crafty kid who always tried to outthink the grownups. Good. My kids and, can know, relate. Yeah. Yeah. She was the youngest of six children and had a ploy for escaping punishment. She always kept a little New Testament like addition <laughs> nearby. Oh God, that's awesome. And convinced, she was convinced that that would protect her from her mother's switch. Now, do you know what a switch is? Okay, like not really, but like kind of. A switch a- is a um, a little, it's basically a tree branch, but like a thin, thin, thin branch, uh, hopefully it's thin, that maybe it's just a Southern thing, like your disciplinarian would actually tell you to go out and pick out a switch. <laughs> Like, I saw the movie of this, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Sound, it's, That sounds scary. I don't like that. Yeah, I think it might be like a Midwest, Southern cultural thing. But yeah, so her mother, she'd say um, to protect her from her mother's switch, she'd be like, quote, sometimes she'd make like she was going to reach for me and I'd scream, I got the Bible, end quote. <laughs> Sanctuary. It's Doris. It's little Doris, so. That's brilliant. She's brilliant. Okay. It's kind of adorable. Um now, according to Yonetta T. Boone, uh, who is a writer and a producer who uh, was working on a biopic and has uh, an interviewed Doris over 10 years. Now, Yonetta T. Boone, unfortunately, passed away in, ni- in 2019. Oh. She actually uh, was a uh, prolific comedy writer, TV comedy writer. Oh, um, and I actually took a, a writing class from her at the UCLA Extension program. Like she was an excellent writer and she was great. So she was working on a biopic about Doris and she had over like 10 years of research. Okay. So, wow. Yonetta T. Boone was basically the, the preeminent like expert on uh, Doris Payne, basically. Okay. Now, according to, again, Doris's own accounts, when she was about seven or eight, she sneaked into Gone with the Wind okay. and set about mimicking the way the actress Vivian Lee spoke. Uh, so she she was attracted to the, you know, the histrionics of a, a overly dramatic actress in a Listen, 19. Yeah, you know. I cannot relate more. Like, yes. Oh, I right. never <sighs> go hungry again. <laughs> That's more Prince than... Scarlett O'Hara, but a little bit like I like it. Oh <laughs> like, my, I can't she, breathe. I mean, I don't know any of the lines really. I only saw it once. Fiddly, fiddly <laughs> I don't know if that's what she said. Uh, I have no idea. I saw it once in high school because they played it for us, which yeah. is maybe awkward. Mm, now that yeah, I say black, that out loud. Yeah, and black people at this time are just like just happy to see black people working on the screen. So they had right. a, they have a different relationship with Gone with the Wind than like modern black people have. But but yeah. she saw especially a little girl. So she's seeing this, and you know, obviously you relate to the heroine in the story who's all dressed in pretty dresses. And- Listen, I did not relate to the heroine in the story at all. But that's like my own personal story. We don't have yeah. to get into that right now. <laughs> Well, little Doris did. She, okay. you know, she and she also devoured uh, fashion magazines that her mother brought in and she delighted in trying on shoes and clothes. So she was like, you know, okay. she was aspirational. Yes. Awesome. Aspirational. Now, in the 1940s, uh, by the 1940s, however, the family had relocated to Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, OK. 
um, and from West Virginia. And in a local jewelry store, Doris would, you know, basically um, play into her, you know, aspirational fantasies. And she would find escape in this, the simmering and the gleam of the store's fabulous inventory. Okay. Where she would spend hours of daydreaming about a better life. So I'd imagine she's probably like, well, she's like 10, 11. So she's harmless. She might even help out in the store. Um, you know, they let her hold it. I can see them. You being yeah. like, you know, a little kid comes around. She's cute. Go ahead yeah. and ring the guy up. Sure. Now, on one particular day, however, she went in with a $5 bill that her mother had given her to settle the family's balance. So, um, you know, it sounds like maybe, you know, because jewelry stores, are they're smart. They have um, merchandise that fits all people's needs. That's what Tiffany does. Tiffany's like, you can come in here if you got uh, $30 or if you got $30,000. What if you have no dollars? I'm just curious. Asking for a friend, obviously. Yeah, you shouldn't go into Okay. Thought I'd throw it out there. Anyways. Um, So she she went in there to pay the family's balance and she told the store owner, a man by the name of Bill Benjamin, that her mother had promised to buy her a watch if she kept her grades up. You know, that's what we do to encourage the kids. Totally. Um, Now, by this time, Bill had become very familiar with Doris. And since she was pretty slow that day, he helped her try on a few watches. So he's indulging her and like okay. you know she's like a little kid yeah um, until that is a white mm. man came into the store and suddenly bill's demeanor immediately changed doris said okay. and he quickly ushered her away she said she recalls he had always been friendly to her so she was shocked that he clearly didn't want to be seen being nice to a young black girl oh uh... she's a kid but uh, yeah, racism doesn't care. Nope. Um, so it was only when she reached the door that she realized that she still had one of the watches on. Oh. But she returned the watch. So, but she okay. returned the watch, but that planted the I seed in her going. mind. Okay. Well, that, that planted the seed in her mind that a simple distraction, commotion, or emotion could make people forget things. And therefore, easy for her to slip out with a fancy little trinket in her hand. Okay. So, okay. like. Let's see where this is going. Yes. So, it sounds like the guy was like, oh, oh, yeah, that looks nice of you. Oh, gal, get on now. Get on. Like, and then his, his demeanor just whole, totally changed. And he forgot that he was trying it on. And so, like, yeah. So, that started. So, you're getting a little hint so, of where I'm going. I, I am. But I'm just going to throw it. It sounds to me like if it wasn't racism in the world, right? She would never discover her life of crime, right? Just See, be like, oh, hi, is... welcome. And it would be, you know, and Miriam. Would never, you know, wouldn't get there. We wouldn't have even gotten there. Yes, Are Lewis? you saying that racism made her do it? I, I mean, I am. <laughs> yes. I think the answer is yes. Yes. Blame <laughs> racism. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Now, um, she also realized, unfortunately, in that moment that society, that in society's eyes, many in society, she was considered, quote unquote, less than. So So she discovered that society is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. She learned a whole bunch of stuff. It's like, oh, maybe the rules, quote unquote, don't apply to me. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah. 
if you don't, if there are like rules of society and you're being raised, you're being raised right and all this stuff. And, and then suddenly none of it makes sense. It's flipped upside down because of what color your skin is. Then like, why should you follow any of it? I mean, I get that. That's a good, that's a good thing to think about. And I think that's why her story is so compelling. So um, now, but she, even though she, she learned like a couple powerful, powerful lessons that day. And in that moment, what she also decided to do was that no matter what, she didn't care what people thought. Um, you know, she decided basically one of her personal mantras was that, uh, that no matter what, no one cared unless you care about yourself. So it's almost like it did the opposite for her. So she was like, well, fuck them, basically. <laughs> like, which I think is actually pretty remarkable because some people internalize uh, oppression and some people are like, yeah, you know what's wrong. You're like, this is some bullshit. Like, <laughs> I, bullshit. I gotta say, way to figure it out at like 10 or 11. Yeah. And like, and kind of go, no, this is wrong. Nope. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well done. Yeah. So she, so, so that planted a seed with her. And so she went on and she finished high school, but by the age of 23, she was a single mother. Okay. Um, and she needed a way to support herself, her son and her mother. So she worked, oh. she was working ver various odd, uh, odd jobs. Okay. Um, and remembering that moment she decided to try her hand at stealing uh, yeah this is like i knew you were gonna say that yeah so the first jewel she claims to have taken was a twenty-two thousand diamond from a pittsburgh jewelry store she started with a twenty-two thousand dollar diamond she started with that i would yeah. be like maybe a candy bar from the 7-eleven you know what i mean like like if i get I away with that but she's just well, like I want the $22,000 one. Thank you. Yeah. Again, this is where this, you know, unreliable narrator, I feel like it is something <laughs> that you will work your way up to. Right. Uh, $2,000 diamond. Also, but also jewelry is a lot smaller. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But isn't it also like a lot more protected? I don't, th again, this is probably <sighs> the fifties now. So, the you know unless you're at a casino <laughs> you know <laughs> the, right, the monitoring is is different you know and it's it's about like gaining trust and you know okay. um yeah so her parents uh so she's still taking care of her parents and you know she's taking care of her mom and so she's probably bringing in money you, you try it out and see how that was so this started to go on so this is started something she started doing more regularly to make ends meet okay. and she when she finally admitted it to her mother her mother was shocked and upset as, fair you know a good <laughs> christian woman as i'm sure right? she was was like my daughter's a thief thou shalt not steal what's going on yeah but she again this is why she's fascinating ever the smooth operator doris replied to her mother she reportedly uh, said to her mother quote it's not stealing because i'm only taking what they give me end quote <laughs> She's like, they put it in my hand, mama. Mama, they put it in my hand. <laughs> now, okay, according cool. to her, like, so her technique and, and the things, the vibes. And yeah, things like, that, how did that, how'd she do yeah. it? 
So to her, according to her, she learned uh, success came from a few, a few crucial elements. The first okay. element was to look the part. So salespeople <laughs> needed to believe that she was capable and willing of spending thousands yes. on excessive jewelry. Yeah. She was always known to look the part. Each time she went on what she called a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a campaign. She would I'm dress. going to work. I'll be back. I mean, she's it's like it kind of reminds me of that uh uh one of my favorite movies, uh To Catch a Thief. I've never uh, with, seen it. <gasps> oh, I know. It's so good. It's so okay. glamorous. Uh but he cuz he's a cat burglar. He's well he's retired, but um so she would dress impeccably and carry okay. an expensive handbag. So you have to look the part. Yes. Um, and um, she would go in and just act haughty. She would go out and act like basically a haughty white lady, a Karen. Yes. I think. I think and she, she would... knows how to mimic it. She saw Gone with the Wind. Exactly. Oh, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> and she's a lighter skinned woman. So she played into that. And apparently she was very slim and she looked like she could be a model. Okay, so model. maybe she's famous, or there, you, you know, know, she probably put on airs like she's foreign or like that kind. Of, I could see this working. Yeah, so I can see this working on white people because they white don't. People are stupid. They, well, if they don't, they think all black people are a certain way. Yes. So if you come in and present in a different way, they're like, "Oh, she, you know, she must be like you said, she must be famous." <laughs> exactly. You know, now, they went home and went. I, I met a good one. You yeah, know, and shit I, I like that. A, Exactly. Now, once asked about her exploits in an interview, she spoke in broad terms because, of course, she can't give all her secrets away. Uh, laced with insinuation, refusing to give specifics of how she selected a target or what she said to them. She okay. went on to say in an interview in the Associated Press uh, once, quote, I don't dictate what happens when I walk in the store. The people in charge dictate what happens with me when I walk in the store. I don't tell a person in the store I want to see something that costs $10,000. They make those choices based on how I present and how I look, end quote. So basically, they just gave her things worth $10,000. I see it. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, mama, they just give it to me. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm not going to exactly. be ungrateful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, the first element is looking the part. Second element is finding the right target. Yes. So she would decide on how uh, on her targets by flipping through magazines such as Town and Country, you know, bursting with ads for uh, diamonds and other glamorous jewels. Right. Salespeople at upscale stores who were used to dealing with high profile uh, clientele were more likely to allow her to view as many items of jewelry as she liked because they're used to people coming in and being like, oh, I want to see that one. Oh, and then that one. Ooh, yes, that would go wonderful with my Chopard, <laughs> you know, necklace or whatever. Yes. Um, and this was the element of distraction, that third element that came in. Okay, right. The one that she learned back at Bill's store in Cleveland. So Her, ed she, her primary education, if you will. I mean, learning on the job. So you know. she would slip on a ring, a bracelet, another ring, and take one off, then the other, and put on another. So it's just like, it's kind of like the uh, three-card Monty, like always oh moving God. stuff around. Did you, did you watch Night Court? Uh, the new one I haven't. Okay, the no, new one is amazing. It. You should watch it. But the, remember the original? Remember Vaguely. that happened all the time? He would take their money because it was like, take it, give it, give it, give it. And somehow he would end up with all of the money. I think it was Night Court. Anyways, it was really funny. But that sounds like the same trick, only yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars of jewelry. 
And and she would say, this is also part of the distraction. All the while, so she's taking on these rings, taking on a bracelet, taking it off, putting it, and giving it back to them. So she's giving them things back. Right. So that's another thing in your mind, you know, because you're in the midst of it. You aren't observing from far off. You're in the midst of it. So she's like, all the time, the sales, all the while, the salespeople are fetching other items for her, including, you know, including the object of her attraction. So she's decided what right. she wants, but okay. she doesn't go there first. Ah, and all yeah. of this, all during all of this, she would work her charm and gain their trust. She'd say, what happened to that earring? Everyone is looking around, but she would have already taken it. Then she'll put it back and say, oh, there it is. <laughs> and when they're not looking, she takes it again. And they don't realize until later that it's gone again. Yeah. Damn, she's good. Yeah, Doris is good. So now I'd as like, the time. You know, don't steal or anything. Don't like, you know. I don't want to encourage yeah. thievery, but like she's good. You know, if you're going to thieve, damn, that's good. So now all through the 50s and the 60s, she uh, she was doing this and she began to target larger amounts of jewelry stores and realized that she needed a partner in crime. So her uh, search for a partner eventually led her to meet Harold Bronfield, better okay. known as Babe. Now, Babe. Babe, she said, looked like a young Robert Stack. I don't know who that is. I'm mm. sure he's probably some handsome young. I think I'm, I suspect that Babe is white. Um, and he owned a tavern called the Club Caprice in uh, Cleveland at the time. Okay. Um, he, oh, maybe he was black. Uh, it was a favorite hangout spot among professional football players such as Jim Brown and jazz musicians in the oh. city. And it was a predominantly uh, black crowd. Um, yeah, so he was, uh, so babe was black. He was a big dude. So he's a big time uh, Mr. Mr. Big in the black community. Mm. Um, and when he found out, um, he, she basically realized that like a lot of businessmen during this time, he was a hustler. Okay. So some legitimate, some illegitimate stuff right. going on. Right. Um, also, Babe was married <laughs> and oh, had a daughter. I was like, he sounds hot. Like everything you're I'm like, damn, I like a big man. But yeah. I just, I want to know the situation. But, you know. And I know this from firsthand. Brothers, especially if they got some money, dress sharp. I bet he was handsome, mm -hmm. smooth, smell good, look that's, good. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what that's I'm picturing. It. And I'm enjoying the picture. My husband does not listen to this podcast, so it's fine. Don't tell him <laughs> If you know him, I can imagine things. Yeah. Not dead. I mean, you're not dead. <laughs> now, so Doris and Babe started having a relationship and apparently um, his wife. That. Yeah. <laughs> apparently his wife, Myra, was aware of the relationship. And according to um, Unetta T. Boone, uh, she, B Babe's wife didn't have a problem with Doris as long as Doris, quote, knew her place. Okay. She's wife number two, you know, or she probably that, figured you know. like he's been running around, but I'm the wife. Right. I'm the legal woman. I'm getting everything. You know, it's just, you know, mm -hmm. those papers mean something. I get it. Um, I get it. By the way, my husband is not allowed to say the same things about other women <laughs> that I'm allowed to say about other men. Just to be clear. OK, of course not. Thank you. Now, of course, because he's married and he is entanglement. Um <laughs> He Doris basically was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to use him for what I I need, you know, and a little nooky nooky on the side, you know, so she doesn't um, get, you know, too caught up in like feelings and things. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a business relationship. 
Basically, and according to United T. Boone's uh, research, Doris had, had said, quote, uh, she, Myra, his wife was was his wife during the day and Doris was his woman at night. OK. Yeah, OK. So. Uh, now, she would steal the merchandise. Uh, basically, this is how their partnership worked. And he would find a buyer because you need that, a fence. Right? That was my question. Yeah. Because that's not easy. That part's harder, I think. Listen, I know because like I watch like Breaking Bad and things like that. <laughs> what do you do with all the money? Right. You need you need a car wash or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need. Yeah. You need somebody to wash that money. So mm-hmm. um, so she would get the merchandise and he would find a buyer and arrange for it to be cut up into different sizes to throw oh, authorities shit. off the set. Yeah. Um, but the romantic, this is why you shouldn't, what's that term? Don't Mm -mm. shit where you don't shit where you sleep or eat. Uh, don't mix business with pleasure. There you go. Uh, Also a good one. (laughs) (laughs) So because they started doing that, eventually the professional relationship started to suffer. Um, and then the two, so they started making mistakes and the two were eventually Mm. arrested together in Philadelphia. I don't know why that makes me sad. (laughs) Well, you, you know, know why? It's bound to like it's not good. Don't steal. I'm not like pro stealing. Bad stealing. Bad stealing is bad. But like they're not hurting anybody. You know what I mean? No one's dying. I don't know. Yeah, again, money. this is a this is a fascinating story. Like we love scammer stories, right? We yeah. love. Oh my god! Um, yes. When it's not like murder, we're like, yeah, she stuck it to the man. You know. Um, but you know. Fairweather friends, even, mm, yeah. you know, no honor among thieves. So Babe flipped on her. What a dick. Yeah. And what also a because motherfucker. Even though he was married and she was his mistress, he was very jealous of her. So like, he was jealous why? of her other men. Yeah. Yeah, but you're married. Oh, wait. Mm. Yeah. Mm, so, yeah. That's so she should just be like pining over you when you're having sex with your wife. And that's why you're mad? Okay. I just I just want to know. Yeah, okay. and it's sort of like, well, I got caught, so let's go down together. But uh, so she, so he turned on her. So authorities were looking out uh, for her. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming she got bail because she probably had the money. Yeah, no and problem. And she fled. So she fled oh. to Europe. Wait, does yeah. she, she still has a kid, but I assume the kid's like older. Yeah. At yeah. this point. And, and probably okay. with her mom. Uh, now, she traveled across the continent um, using the funds from the past heist, which she called Listen, campaigns. how lovely. Yeah. I'm just saying. This is like the height of like black exploitation films. And like she is totally a black exploitation character that I would love to see. Totally. Now, in 1974, she landed in Monte Carlo. Okay. I mean. And. As part yeah. of her M.O., she looked the part, dressed mm. in sleek designer clothes, have expensive handbags and jewelry. Her her hair was always always perfectly coiffed. Uh, she glided into a nearby Cartier store uh-huh. and made off that day uh-huh. with a $500,000 10-carat oh. platinum diamond ring. What? 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 Sorry, I don't know what happened to my voice. Ha! And in 1974, that's like nine million dollars today. And like, uh, actually, let me see. That I was gonna look that up, but 1974, five hundred thousand I mean, dollars, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. 
1974. So that is, according to, that is three million, a little <laughs> around three million dollars. Oh my God. Wow. I don't know why I'm proud of her. That's wrong. I think my reaction to her is wrong because like, I mean, but it's like it's Cartier. It's insured, right? They're fine. I mean, do not steal from Cartier. Okay? No, do, don't, we not, don't. We like, are not saying that. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. Just pay saying. your bills. Pay your bills. I mean, honest work, honest living. But like, but that's hot. That's like, come on. That, people are going to be after you for five or three million. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, when she later entered the airport in Nice, she was stopped by customs agents who suspected her of stealing the precious gem, but couldn't find it on her. It was up her butt, right? Uh, No. Even so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She was held for nine months in what she describes as a fifth rate motel in the Mediterranean for the duration of the investigation. Can I just say, do you know how expensive it would be to be in a fifth-rate hotel in Monte Carlo? Like, what I, I would give to be in a fifth-rate hotel in Monte Carlo right now? I mean, but like what about Nice? Because she was a niece, so oh, she sorry. skipped My over. Bad. Nice. I can switch out Monte Carlo for Nice and still be <laughs> depressed that I cannot afford a fifth-rate motel in Nice. <laughs> sorry. Now, I need she a vacation. never... <laughs> uh, she... So, she never... She, so they couldn't find it on her. They couldn't find the, the diamond on her. But in 2005, okay. she revealed to um, an AP reporter in an interview um, the inventive way that she hid the half a million dollar ring. What did she do? So one day she asked a woman in charge of the investigation if she could use a pair of nail clippers and a needle and some thread so she could fix her dress. With the nail clippers, she pulled the diamond from its setting and threw the metal in the sea. She used the needle and thread to conceal the diamond in her girdle. Oh, my God. So when she took it off to wash it and then she took it off to wash it, she would eventually be freed and returned uh, to the United States with the ring. (laughs) Never found it. Yes, girl, get it. Sorry. I know. Again, what's my problem? Why do I have a criminal mind? I'm so happy for her. Okay. Now, when she but when she came back to the States, her mother had passed away from cancer. Oh, that's that's very sad. Yeah. And um, her children, I guess, because her mother had passed, uh, social services came in and took her kids um, and her lover. Uh, So it was she came back, even though she had this money, it was like personally, it was just like everyone's side eyeing her like what the fuck you do you know yeah and yeah wait so her lover is what not taken uh, so by child services well, no babe so oh, babe, babe was the lover remember he turned yes. on her um now he later died side note he later died uh from sepsis after an early uh Ooh. liposuction procedure so oh interesting Yeah. Now, in a 2015 documentary about her life, she reminisced, quote, there's never been a day that I went that I went to steal that I did not get what I want to do. Did I did not get what I wanted? I don't have any regrets about stealing jewelry. I regret getting caught. (laughs) (laughs) Quote. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, I mean, mean, listen, like she's like, this world is a fucked up place. That man who used to be nice to me threw me aside i was a child that's some fucked up shit i'm gonna take jewelry like i get it i mean it's not good don't steal i'm not don't steal but like i get it 
Yeah. I mean, for the most part, she got away with a lot. So the the her 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 total hoard of like how many successful things she did, uh, 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 robbery she did. It's not really, and she'll probably never give up the number. It'll probably be higher or lower. You'll probably never get the exact number um, from her. And she was mostly successful. Uh, She was based, uh, when she came back to the States, in Bedford, Ohio. Um, I know know these places because my husband's family all around there. Oh, I wonder if I ran into her family. Sorry, I like, like her. Okay. Now, for the most part, she she basically got away with it. She did occasionally get caught, um, and like in she served time in Colorado, California. I mean, in, in Cal- Colorado, California, and Nevada on okay. short stints. Uh, one detective noted that her criminal record was twenty pages long. Oh my god. <laughs> she was so bold, though. This is what makes her so compelling, and I would. Like an actress would act the hell out of this role. Yes. She she put on court documents her occupation is jewel thief. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you and, know I, I once taught this was I was teaching like on my own and I I never met this man, so don't come at me. But I I created a thing so people could fill out a thing so I could like make sure that they were, you know, like I knew like I teach Pilates, right? So I want to make sure their bodies were, you know, like I knew all the information. And I say profession because that will tell me a little bit. And he wrote drug dealer. He wrote drug dealer. <laughs> and I laughed and he looked at me like, what's funny? And I was like, nothing. Let's do this. I uh, did not expect <laughs> you to say that. But that's what he said. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. So like, um, I was like, no questions let's work out cool <laughs> yeah now in the in the 80s she did actually so one of the few times that she was caught and had to serve time she she actually escaped in the 80s from a federal custody oh my in god Ohio really after faking medical emergency Go during a hospital girl. visit yes i don't feel good <laughs> according yes. to her she simply just walked out <laughs> Now, Special Agent Paul Gropman, uh, who arrested her at the time, said, quote, she cannot help herself. She's a career jewel thief. She (laughs) thinks she thinks she is the best. She's become notorious. uh, uh, And that (laughs) and that isn't always good because she gets caught over and over again. (laughs) End quote. Oh my God. That's what he told the L.A. Times in 2013. So I think a lot of this, what makes her so great is that she is successful, but... She's also like very arrogant and like yes, and like you know. she's like yeah, I do this. This world is fucked up, so this is how I'm going to make my money, and it's not easy. Like she works for a living. It's just you know not legal, um, right? Right. It's like I think people they say like and even even into catch a thief, uh, they'll say that they can't help themselves. Like it's just yeah. so. Uh, you you gotta watch it. it's such it's such a great okay. like delightful like one Saturday afternoon you guys should watch it it's so much fun and the kids can watch it too so oh really oh yeah uh, yeah yeah the now the longest sentence she served in jail was from five uh for five years of a twelve year sentence in Denver Colorado in 1999. Well, that's a long time. She was convicted of stealing a fifty seven thousand dollar ring <laughs> from a Denver Neiman Marcus after yeah, spotting probably, it in yeah. town and country. Um, I mean, five years, uh, that's, 
you know, if you've gotten away with, let's say you've gotten away with a, an average of like $10 million over your lifetime from stealing. That's a fair trade. Five you know, years. That's not bad. Again, don't steal people. No, don't steal. Yeah, I'm not yes, looking yeah. into that career option right now. That's not happening. Nope. No. no. Mm-mm. Now, it's a podcast. Hot- you can't see me. Okay. Anyways, go on. <laughs> now, hot on her tale of being released in 2004 at the age of 75, she was Damn. still busy. Yes. In <laughs> Palo Alto. She okay. was accused of stealing a $30,000 ring from Neiman Marcus in 2005 and was arrested and jailed a week later after being spotted on security cameras at yet another Neiman Marcus in Las Vegas after <laughs> pawning after wow. pawning the gem. Like, so she's like doing that switcheroo, but they have, again, don't go to Vegas to do this. Don't. No, they're looking for this in Vegas. Like they live for this. I don't know when, that as a fact. I'm not a exactly. jewelry thief. Calm down. Don't do it. Okay, don't do it. Now, while in Vegas, though, they oh, no. so they caught her, and then okay. they realized, oh, she skipped bail, and she's violating her parole from a case <laughs> yes. in Denver, Colorado. Yup. <laughs> now, in 2009, she was extradited to Santa Clara uh, County to serve in Superior Court, where she pleaded no contest to a felony grand theft charge as well. Okay. Now... In 2011, she was arrested yet again for stealing uh, 89, like a, a $9,000 so ring from she, a Macy's. She just like goes to jail for five minutes and they let her out again. Is yeah. that, that's she's OK. Like, just checking. Yeah. Cool, cool. Because when you see an interview, she's very charming. Yeah. Especially when she gets older, because you're like, oh, she's harmless. I mean, I feel like I would be great friends with her. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just me. Maybe. So in 2011, so they arrested her and she was sentenced to five years in prison in order to pay restitution. She didn't serve the entirety of that sentence. uh, So she got out early. But by 2013, she was back to her old games. Here's the thing. I bet you. And I mean, what is she going to do in jail? She's probably not a problem. She probably just does what she needs to. She's probably trying to swindle in the jail. Yeah. Probably very successful. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, eh, yeah. let her go. No big deal. And then they she do when she does it herself. again. No, she can't yeah. help herself. Yeah. So in 2013, she stole a $22,000 ring <laughs> from a jewelry store in Palm Desert, California. Okay. Um, she, she was sentenced to two years in a county jail and two under mandatory supervision. Now, by 19, by 2015, that is, excuse me, she had relocated to the Atlanta area oh. and was arrested at an Atlanta mall for stealing a $700 pair of earrings by slipping them in her back pocket. Wow. So she's getting a little older. So the thing yeah. she's stealing is a little worth less. Also, I could I, never, ever, ever afford a $700 pair of earrings at any point in my life. But let's just move on. It's just... I don't, I think at this point, it's not about like the amount, like, yeah, it's just about the action. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And so they arrested her and they realized that she was on a warrant from having stolen a (laughs) $33,000 ring in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh my God. And then 2016, she Uh was arrested yet again. Isn't she like 87 or something? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Now, in 2000, uh, I believe it was 2016, around 2016, around the same time, she came back to like uh, national notoriety because on July 17th, she was arrested in 2016. She was arrested at a Walmart in um, Georgia for attempting to shoplift 80, about $90 worth of goods, not jewelry, but electrical oh. and pharmaceutical and groceries. She's just like not paying for anything anymore. <laughs> she's like now, yeah i'm just gonna take it get this when she was yeah. arrested she was still wearing the ankle monitoring bracelet Stop. required <laughs> from her 2016 conviction oh my god <laughs> yeah and Dang it was girl. at this time that you know she she came back into like the public notice and 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 you know around this time because again we we are uh people love a scammer story yeah. right a scammer somebody gets you know catch me if you can that kind of thing right totally yeah now there are many theories around like like you said she went from stealing like really expensive stuff to less and lesser amount to then stealing food um and some thought or maybe she's lost her touch you know um maybe because she's getting arrested a lot more often uh but uh unetta t boone thinks quote doris kind of goes to jail on purpose the reality is especially now that she's older i think when she's not feeling well when she needs to be cared for she does something stupid like go to walmart and steal some cigarettes and then she goes so she can get what she needs she's not in there long and then she goes back out you can say that's taking advantage it's all how you choose to look at it and choose to look at her end quote interesting yeah. yeah well because she's never had a normal life yeah. and she's never had like a real friend group you know what yeah. i mean like a, a society she doesn't have you know the guy you say hi to at your cvs and you're you know what i mean like yeah you, your your general community she has none of that so if she needs a little something that's where she's gotten all of her somethings that makes sense to me yeah. Now, she also had other children. She had a son, but she also had a daughter who by this time is around 61 years old uh, in 2017. So and her daughter, uh, her daughter, Donna, said, quote, if she gets a chill, she will have a heart attack. <laughs> um, she moved. So Donna was raised basically by her father. And then she moved in with Doris when she was like 16. And according to Donna, quote, she was just my mom. She got up in the morning and fixed breakfast. Okay. Uh, after That's moving more than in with I her do, mother, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Listen, she after said, the pandemic, they can make their own breakfast. I make them every other meal. Okay, let's move. Well, on. Well, they're getting older. So um, now, Donna said of living with Doris around that time, she didn't learn Doris' profession until about a year after living with her. Oh my God! Really? When she saw her get arrested. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You know, but okay. Donna, bless her heart. She's like, it doesn't change my relationship with my mother. Uh, she's like, quote, I still love my mom. And I did. Uh, she she's still my mom and I love her. Uh, the only reason that they weren't um, uh, living together is that Doris is that Donna lives in a colder state. So uh, she okay. uh, so that's why she felt like Doris needed to be living in a um, uh, a a warmer climate. Now, that conviction uh, and Atlanta in the Georgia area, she happened when she was 86 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Yep. And <sighs> now she kept getting off. Now she's she Doris herself says that she thinks that part of the reason she kept getting off and just a slap on the wrist is because again, uh, pretty privilege. She presented very sophisticated, very yeah. well spoken, and they just it's kind of like the to catch a thief, like you know, a high class jewelry thief is kind of glamorous, you know. I mean. All I do is love her. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as she got older, it became about them taking, um, you know, having compassion on her because of her age. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, and like she started getting, you know, uh, health problems. And so the judge was just sort of like, will you stop doing this? Just stop. <laughs> stop. What are you doing here, Doris? She, and, she's a great character for Night Court. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, all of the the you know the criminals whatever and that show is very like bizarre she's a good one you like doris yeah you're almost 90 can you stop stealing things and she's like no <laughs> yeah and now yunetta t boone um again in her research she she warned um at the time um um, in the documentary, she warned, quote, be careful, you'll fall in love with her. Her charm, elegance and swagger has wooed many for decades. So yeah. be careful. Like um, she uh, now. So this was like 2017, 2018. She's back in the press and like there's more like interest in her story. OK, um, now. And also, Yunetta, another thing was like, she's not very repentant on this. Like, <laughs> she's like, and she thinks it's also a compulsion, like you said. Like, yeah. she she doesn't quite understand why. Like, Doris doesn't quite understand why, because she's not a person who have gone to therapy. Um, right. But, you know, she she just, she can't help herself. Now, in addition to the biography and the documentary uh, on Netflix, and that ne that Netflix documentary is called "The Life and Crimes of Doris Payne." I'm gonna go watch it. There like right had there had been talk uh, in the past of a feature film. Halle yes. Berry was attached to a project in 2009, but that stalled. Oh, um, and and you know, obviously. Uh, Doris would be thrilled if something was made about her life starring Hallie or like at one point, Carrie yeah. Washington was attached to something. Also awesome. Um, also awesome. And like now recently last year. Yes. <laughs> she came back to uh, prominence because she stole something else. Oh my God. She's 90 something now. She's nine. She was 91. Oh my God. And there was a report on a local uh, station in Atlanta, and she says, this is Doris, 91, saying, well, I came to Atlanta to get attention. She's like, because <laughs> I'd like to see, uh, uh, I'd like to get a book deal or a um, uh, a movie made, a, a movie deal. Like, she's like, I want to be famous. Like, I want to get money for my life. Like, yes. I, a.k.a. Anna Delvey. That's what I'm saying. She should listen. Come on. I'm ready for it. So as of last year, Doors was still kicking it. Uh, and as far as I, my research shows, she's still alive. So she'd be ni probably 92 or if not turning, not 92 yet, turning 92 this year in uh, 2023. But that is the story of Doris Payne, the notorious jewel thief who is just out here. She's like, catch me if you can. 
bitches. Like, (laughs) where is it? Bring the pain with Doris Payne. (laughs) Listen, let's like get this movie made. Okay. Well, and I, on one final note, I will say that uh, back in 2019 or in 2018, someone did come to her, her uh, hospital room and had her sign over her life rights. Oh, but nothing ever came of it. So she's currently she currently is in talks with a lawyer to get those life rights back or to see what can be done. Because she's like, I'm not going to be here much uh-uh. longer. I need no, to get listen, this popping and on like that person walking into a hospital. OK, no. Getting an old lady. She was on. She was high. No. Come on. Well, I, I can understand. Like if I was a producer, I'd be like, yeah, this is definitely going to get made. But Right. You know, but if it's not going to get made, let someone else make it. Or at least Come the right on. life rights. Yeah. And yeah. who knows what she signed over? Who knows? Like, I hope she got lots of money. Why do I want her to have more money? I don't know, but I do. Oh, my God. This is problematic, Lavetta. I know. But that is the story of Doris Payne, the notorious thief. Oh <laughs> She's amazing. I love her so much. In right? a way that, you know, maybe I shouldn't, but I do. She is definitely notorious. Okay. Notorious. So who's your notorious woman this week? Okay, so what you got for it, here's the situation. Uh-oh. I love this person very much. Now, this is going to be a long episode, y'all, but it's okay because this is worth it. I couldn't stop. Okay. Today, I'm going to talk about Selena Marie Gomez, a.k.a. Selena Gomez. The, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're like, which Selena? Yeah, I know. I know. Right? I'm like, Selena? <laughs> Selena? I'm ready with my Tejano music. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> Bring not it her, on but, me. But I already have a fun fact. She was named after her. Oh, So here's the deal with Selena Gomez, you guys. First of all, I watched the documentary, uh, My Mind and Me, on Apple. It's so good. It's so good. And I sort of became like a little obsessed with her. Selena Gomez right now is 31 years old and she's lived nine lives. I have so much to say. I will be skipping things because there is only so much time in a day. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, you know, and if you're like, I love her and you forgot to talk about this, you can like email us. I'll tell you the email at the end and we will reiterate things. But like, oh, my God. And I'm not, I'm, I'm leaving so much out because she's done so much. All right, um, lay it on me. Okay, let's go. Lay it on me, mama. So she was born July 22nd, 1992 in Grand Prairie, Texas. Her dad is Ricardo Joel Gomez. Um, and her mom is Mandy Tifi. And her mom um, was a stage actress. And oh. again, she was named after Selena Quintanilla, uh, who had... Do we all know her? She died in 1995. There's like a very famous Jennifer Lopez movie. Go to watch. I'm so old. Like maybe the kids don't know about that, but it's it's there. Um, so her father is Mexican and her mother is has, has a, an Italian ancestry. Um, Selena says her quote her. She is a proud third generation American Mexican. Um American Mexican, not Mexican American. That's what is written in Wikipedia. Y'all, I got I got this from Wikipedia. (laughs) So that and it was in a quote. 
But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. People are always asking her questions, too. She might have been, like, walking. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, busy. Trust This girl is so busy. Okay. So she was fluent in Spanish until she was seven. When she was five, her parents divorced. Um, but she, And she stayed with her mom. But now, just like fun fact, she has two younger half-sisters and a younger stepbrother because her parents both remarried. And so her family's actually quite large. Um, her mother was 16 when she was born. So, oh, they, wow. Yeah. And they were very, very poor. So she, she has strong memories of, of, of the struggle of poverty. Um, she remembers searching for quarters to get gas for their car. Uh, it says her mother Aww. later recalled that they would go frequently to their dollar, the local dollar store to buy spaghetti for dinner. Aww. Um, so it was it was not easy when she was very little. And it's interesting how she kind of remembers that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny. I always thought she came from a well-off family. Interesting. No, very poor. And she says uh, that her mother, this is another Wikipedia quote, take that as you will, uh, was really strong around me. Having me at 16 had to have been the, a big responsibility. She gave up everything for me. She had three jobs, supported me, sacrificed her life for me. So she was... Very, Aww. very grateful. And she and it seems that her grandparents raised her, uh, did a lot of the raising when she was really little so her parents could finish school. Oh, um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So she first gained an interest in pursuing a career in entertainment, watching her mom prepare for stage productions. So because remember, her mom yeah, was, was, was a stage a... actress. Um. So she began her acting career on the series, the Barney series. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. She was a Barney kid. I'm like, I used to Aww. babysit at a gym when I was like, you know, five. I'm just kidding. But I was like, I'm like, I wonder if she was one of the kids. We used to watch the show all the time. Um, and it was her very first acting gig. She was very shy, but she loved doing it. It was really, really fun for her. Um, and she she credits that to learning how to be an actress, learning how what blocking was, where where camera right is, that kind of thing. Um, and during that time, she also had bit part bit parts uh, on Spy Kids, 3D, Game Over, which I think I've seen because I have small children. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. You like. <laughs> Okay. I probably, listen, I fall asleep a lot when I'm watching movies with my children because I'm tired a lot. So it's possible that I didn't like really watch it, you know? Yeah, like I watched yeah. the opening and then the closing. Is over? Okay. Um, She was in a movie of Walker, Texas Ranger. And she also guest starred in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, 2006. Yes. So. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I like that show. Yeah. I never really watched it. It's a good um, one. And then she was given a recurring role on the Hannah Montana show in 2007 uh, as pop star Michaela. So she had signed with Disney at that point. So Disney was like, kind of, I feel like, I don't know, I'm making this up a little, but I feel like the, the Disney child situation is a lot like the old like 40s and 50s movie 30s even where you'd sign with MGM and then MGM would like put you in things 
I think it might be similar, but it, I don't think the abuse. <laughs> right. I think there are rampant, laws now like, yeah. that were not there back then. So, um, so she filmed some pilots with them and then she, which did not go anywhere, but then she later auditioned for a role on the network series Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, buddy. Yep. And she won the role of Alex Russo, the lead. You know, you can watch her um, audition online. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. She's so good. Yeah, really? I was teaching a class to uh, like acting to like really young, young kids. Yeah. And I was doing research and I found that one. And then the one for the guy who played Elliot in E.T. Oh my God. They're excellent auditions. Her audition is so good. I was like, wow, she's so good. And she didn't have like acting classes. That's the thing. When you watch it, like that's, I think that's why I always thought she came from money because she clearly is like a professional in this audition and she looks so young. Her face is so little. She looks like a sweetie baby. She looks like a little sweet baby and like, but she's so good. I was like, well, yeah, she clearly got this role. I could see why. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's always people who are just like have that thing that Selena Gomez definitely has i think like i think of ginger rogers as well there's just this like there's just this thing that they're gonna do this and it's in them and and that's that's how it is you know what i mean yeah you'll see it if you you can find it online i highly recommend if you have kids and you want to like inspire them or see but like that and the one like i said uh of elliot for et is really really good yeah listen i don't want my kids in show business i don't have time yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of sacrifice her mother to get to that point where she yeah. can audition for that role. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we all probably know that that show became a huge success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won awards it, and she became like very popular. People loved her comic timing and her, her talent. She was, was noticed. So in 2008, she voiced Helga in Horton Hears a Who. Uh, she had a lead role in another Cinderella story. She won the Young Artist Award for that. And she also contributed three songs to that soundtrack. Uh, the song Tell Me Something I Don't Know was her first ever entry into the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. And from what I, from, I got Wikipedia and then I found some articles. And of course, I've seen the the documentary, but... I think she just did music on the side because she liked it. <laughs> she was actually like a Disney kid and acting. And then she has this like whole ass music career because she just like liked it. And she had the money. you right. Yeah, I was going to say, because some Disney kids like they making bank. Oh, like, yes. Yes. Like yes. they never did anything after like being on one of those like shows, long running hit hit like Disney or Nickelodeon or whatever those shows were. They're going to um, be fine. Yeah. If they save their money. Yep. They'd be fine. Yep. yep. Like, Get yeah. a good investment situation going. You're going to be, you're going to be good. You're going to be yeah, more than be fine. fine. You're going to be good. Yep. Um. So she, I mean, she's okay. Let me be clear. She's 16 years old. Wow. Like this is, and that year she's 16 she forms her own production company, which is she calls July Moon Productions. She partners with XYZ Films for the project. So it allows her to option articles, to hire writers and create talent packages to shop to studios. 
That same year, she also signed with Hollywood Records. She's 16. Wow, 16 years old. I mean, so then the next year where she's 17, she stars 2009 in a whole bunch of like Disney stuff. So she's The Sweet Life on Deck, which is, I think, like a Sweet Life movie. Uh, Sunny with a Chance and the Princess Protection Program and also the Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie. So she's doing great. Her acting skills are being lauded by the critics. And she also recorded three songs for the television series. On to- like on top of that, like, I don't know when she sleeps. Well, well she's got 16 year old energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You know? But that is a lot, even for a 16-year-old. She should be having fun. I hope she's having fun. But I I would imagine if she comes from, like, a poor family, like, working and making money and living in a nice house is fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, this is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, So she wanted to cross over into the music industry. So she forms a pop band called Selena Gomez and the Scene. Uh, through her record deal with Hollywood Records. Now, she called it Selena Gomez in the scene because uh, she thought of it as an ironic jab at the people who called her, uh, quote, wannabe scene. Now, I I don't I don't know about the people who called her that, but I love that she was like, okay, let's just call it the scene. I'm going to keep making money, though. You guys can keep calling me that, and I'm going to keep making money. Cool. Right. Thanks. Exactly. Um, so they released their first studio album called Kiss and Tell, August 2009. It debuted at number nine on the Billboard 200 albums chart in the U.S. Um, it received mixed reviews. Uh, they they criticized her vocal performance, but because of the like the um, auto tuning. But like this was 2009. And we were still auto tuning things like I don't think it's her fault. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. That's like, that's the 2000s fault, you know, blame the aughts, <laughs> not her. Okay. Um, so uh, it, the lead single wasn't commercially successful, but the second single did hit t- number 29 and number seven at the UK. Um, and it was, oh, wow. four, it was certified four times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. Did you know about that thing that I did not? Recording Industry Association of America, RIAA. No. Right. New information. So, okay. She also dated Nick Jonas. I I will talk about it. It's fine. Um, Around this time. But like, Lovetta, everyone's like, ooh, she dated Nick Jonas. She was 14. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I I look back at like why Aww. were we poking around like basically a freshman in high school's boyfriend like you guys let the I like- mean the kids though like do you remember being that age you're like oh my god yeah. they're dating oh my god I hope they get married have babies <laughs> 100% and like I hope they <laughs> never break up and you have no like concept of like Oh, I definitely hope they break up and that this is not the only love of her life. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God. Um, so around now is when she started 
her philanthropy work. She's huge into philanthropy. I could just talk about her philanthropy and we'd still be here for too long, but what are you gonna do? So in October, 2008, she, she participated in St. Jude's Children's Hospital Runway for Life Benefit. The same month she was named UNICEF spokesperson for the trick or treat for UNICEF campaign. Now, I've never heard of this, but I love it. It's a campaign that encourages children to raise money on Halloween to help children around the world. Um, isn't that great? I'm going to try to I do something it. for that next year. That's awesome. Um, at 17 years old, she became the youngest UNICEF ambassador, uh, of which she is still today. She's still a UNICEF ambassador. If you Google the UNICEF website, there she is. <laughs> um, so in her first official field mission, she traveled to Ghana in September 2009 for one week to witness firsthand the stark conditions of vulnerable children that lack vital necessities such as clean water, nourishment, education, and health care. In an interview with the AP, she said that she wanted to use her star power to bring awareness to Ghana. Quote... That is, what does she say? We're at line. Um, she says, that's why I feel honored to have a voice that kids listen to and take into oh. consideration. I mean, she's really aware. Yeah. She said, she says, I had people on my tour asking me where, where is Ghana? And they Googled it. And because I went there, they yeah. now know where Ghana is. So, oh, she's a good kid. Yes. Oh, her parents raised her right. I mean, for real, like this, talk about like a good egg, you know? Yeah. Um, she also was involved in the UR Votes Count campaign. Your votes. I'm so dumb. I just got it. It's the letter U and the letter R next to each other, capital. You're not online much, are you? I'm not, Lavetta. <laughs> That's like Ooh. online speech slang one oh one. I'm I'm very old. I don't know. <laughs> you are so funny. Let's try this again. The Your Votes Count campaign. I said it like a kid. I'm like twenty right now. Cool. <laughs> um, what is funny? Why are you laughing? I didn't say nothing by nothing. I can hear you, Lavetta. Hear you. <laughs> um which encouraged teenagers to learn more about the 2008 presidential campaign candidates, Barack Obama and John McCain. Do you remember that? Yeah. Doesn't it feel oh, like yeah. a simpler time? Don't get me started. Oh, okay. God. Just sharing. Okay. And I'm about to say your absolute favorite thing. And the reason you're about to put a poster of Selena Gomez on your wall. Are you ready? I'm ready. The next year, 2009, she became the ambassador of Do Something, which is like a charity, right? After being involved with the Charity Island Dog. What is that? It helps dogs in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. I don't know how you say it. Puerto Rico. So Aww. she spent like a week playing with dogs, taking care of them, prepping them, and getting ready to, to get them adopted. Oh, they're doggies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm a Selena Gomez stand. Uh-huh. Oh, they're uh -huh. doggies. Did you wipe away her tears? 
And she's going to follow her around the world. Okay. Um, she also is involved with a charity, Raise Hope for Congo, which is an initiative of the Enough Project to help raise awareness for conflict minerals and violence against Congolese women. From 2009 to 2012, she was involved in something called, it's so cute, but I think it's a good thing, Disney's Friends for Change. Doesn't that sound cute? Very cute. Right? Um, It's an organization which promoted environmentally friendly behavior, and she appeared in its PSA. And then she joined Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus, and the Jonas Brothers and recorded the charity single, Send It On, to raise money for the Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund. Wow. I'm like not even done. And she's like not even 20. Okay. I'm exhausted. And she makes me like look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) I should do more. I'm not even done. It's just good that you can, again, she was raised right, that she's using her platform for good and to help yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. Um, so April 2012, she was named ambassador to the Ryan Seacrest Foundation. So the year before, she had made an appearance at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia during a Ryan Seacrest Foundation broadcast from the hospital's multimedia center. She also provided the narration for Girl Rising in 2013. Uh, This is a CNN documentary film which focused um, on the power of female education as it followed seven girls around the world who sought to overcome obstacles and follow their dreams. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Like, no big deal. That's fine. That's what I do, like, every day. That's I wake up and I do that. That's good. I love it. I'm just kidding. I I know. (laughs) I love it. This is what you do to your kids if they become uh, famous at an early age. Have them get keep kids busy because it was idle hands is a devil playground. Like yeah. keep them busy because instead of like partying and doing drugs, I mean, some people just try to do that kind of stuff. But this is keep them busy doing stuff like this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like this is great. It's it's amazing. Um, okay, let's go back to like her artistic work a little bit. Let's like you know go back and forth because she played Beezes. Do you remember this movie? No. Okay. In 2010, there was um, a movie called Ramona and Beezus. And I'm obsessed with their, like, the Ramona books. And they make, they made a PBS movie, like, when I was a child, starring Sarah Polly, by the way, if anyone loves Sarah Polly, She started out as Ramona. I am not familiar. I'm not familiar with this at all. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's, okay, The you, I love the books this is a beverly clearly uh series of books for kids and it's like ramona is a little kid who's messy gets in trouble messes up and is great and it's just like and like you know it's cute bezos is her older brother her older sister oh so cute i like the name so cute i know right um okay same year 2010 she also released uh, the, the band's second album called A Year Without Rain, which made number four on the Billboard 200 and it sold super well. The band was awarded Favorite Breakout Artist at the 37th People's Choice Awards. Um, so the band released the third and final studio album, 2011, called When the Sun Goes Down. And that was mixed reviews. 
It's so um, crazy that like there's this whole other universe that kids and teens belong to that adults are not privy to at all. It's wow. Like it's funny because like I'm sure if you're like if you're like 32, 35, 30, I don't know, you probably know all of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, really? I had no idea. Um, she's also in movies like she's she's simultaneously making movies and making music, which one of wow. them is a whole career. She's doing both on top of like traveling the world to save it, you know? Yeah. Um, she starred in the movie Monte Carlo, which apparently she, mixed reviews. She had accents that people did not love. But I was like, girl, you tried. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And. In 2012, she confirmed she would take a break from music, but it seems that it was more like break from the band because I think the band split up. I'm just guessing here. I never she knew she was even in a band. Like, she was in a band. I know, right? I was like looking it up. I was listening to the music. I was like, oh my, it's very early 2000s. It's very like 2000s. It's very the aughts. Um, and that year, uh, the Wizards of Waverly Place ended the run on Disney. So they had four seasons, though. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was a massive hit. That's all you need is four I mean, like, The fact that I know it exists, like before yeah. I did the research, tells me something. Yeah, it's one of those shows where I think if even as an adult, when you watch, you're like, oh, this is funny. It it kind of makes me want like my kids to start watching it. Because I mean, the kids have started watching some like they started watching iCarly. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, can it's we watch good an one. another yeah. episode? Thank you. I know. For, for mommy. Thank you. I'm like that with, uh, oh God, what's the one with the, the Thundermans and uh, yes. another one. And I'm like, oh. this show is actually really good. There's the one, Nikki, Dicky, Ricky, and Dawn. Do you know that one? No, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, it's so good. It's terrible. It's good though. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. I enjoy it. I mean, they know what they're doing over there at Disney. They, and they do. And the, the, there's, a lot, there's a lot oh, yeah. of talent. There's a lot of talent. Yeah, always, always. Um, okay, so the same year, 2012, she played Mavis in Hotel Transylvania. So let's talk about that for a second. Because I love that movie. And there's four of them. And I love all of them. Yeah, okay. those movies are good. They're so fun. And I have to say, she's very good in it. When I remember after watching the first one, I, you know, I was like, kids, it's a kid's movie. And then I was like, who voiced the lead girl? I need to, like her. She's good. I bet you she. And I was like, oh, OK, she's really good. Yep. Um, there was also the movie Spring Breakers, which was apparently controversial because it was about young people robbing shit to pay for their spring break and people did not like to see these young stars being oh, bad. Oh, that's right. Remember that? I remember that. Yep. But she was like, mm, I can be bad. And I'm like, it's yeah, good. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? Did you see the movie? No, I just, I, who's it? Is it James Franco had cornrows or something? I was like, yep. you know what? I'm out. Yep. I'm yep. out. I can see that about that. Yeah. And I he was, had a grill. Oh my like, God. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not doing this with you white people. I'm not doing this. You're like, I can't right now. I have no. so many better things to do. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. Um, she was also in the getaway with Ethan Hawke. And she was up for a Razzie for that movie. Did you know that? Oh, no, I did not know. That means you really made it. When you're mm -hmm. up for a Razzie, you have made it. Listen, I looked it up. 
listen, she made it. She was up for a Razzie that year. She was in brilliant company. She was up for a Razzie against Halle Berry and Naomi Watts. Yeah, come on. So, because well if you done. are bad and unknown, nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, <laughs> no. I am not going to get a Razzie for anything because I'm not good enough for that. And that's no. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, she did a solo album in 2013, and that is why I think she wasn't really taking a break from music. She was mm. like, I have some other ideas. Um, and it did good. Come and get it was it, it was called, and it was really good. In and it won things. I'll move on. Listen, I could go on for days, so I'm gonna move on. Okay, more things she did. You ready? Mm-hmm. February 2011, she traveled to Chile to meet with families of the UNICEF-supported Programa Puente, which helped families better understand and develop skills to deal with early childhood education, development, and other issues related to children. Uh, and in March, she participated in UNICEF's, this is interesting, TAP Project, Celebrity Tap Pack. So it featured limited edition custom-made water bottles with tap water from the homes of each celebrity advocate to raise funds and increase profile for the clean water and sanitation programs. Uh, they, oh, wow. they raised $900,000. That oh, that's great. Isn't that the idea like a celebrity tap water? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. My tap water is not great. I have no. to filter. Lots of filters. Um, And then she began her Stars Dance Tour in August 2013. She played shows in North America and Europe. But then she canceled the Australian and Asian legs of the tour in December 2013, saying she would take a hiatus to spend time with her family. Now, this is listen i got a lot of this from wikipedia i'm putting some things together based on her documentary and wikipedia and a couple articles so in january 2014 it was reported that she spent two weeks at a place called dawn at the meadows which is a treatment center that specializes in treating addiction and trauma in young people so you know, her her people said she was there, but not for addiction. Um, mm. So it turns out, like in 2015, uh, that she had been diagnosed with lupus. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. And that's like a really big deal. And lupus can affect your mental health like pretty aggressively. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there was like a lot of things that were happening that must have been really crazy to deal with. When you're so in the limelight, like and so young still, like yes, you know? yes, she's like, what is she? Seventeen, eighteen? I don't know math, something like that. <laughs> I'm doing math really quickly. Twenty three, yeah, young. Okay, um, and so she had to go into she had to undergo chemotherapy. For lupus, which, oh, wow. which like sucks balls. That's what I have to say about too that. Too young, too young for like a, a life threatening, like life altering uh, medical diagnosis. Right. You know, and still she's working like, wow, 
Uh, her movie Behaving Badly came out. Rudderless came out that in, in 2014. So she's dealing with this and she's still working. Um, in t- uh, April 2014, it was reported that she had fired her mother and stepfather as her managers. Um, and they had been her manager since the very beginning of her career. Um, so yeah, it's like when you become yeah. an adult, it's time to like, you know, your parent and your parents or your guardians honestly are probably um, tired. <laughs> they yeah, need to go and, and live it, their lives. <laughs> also, then you can have like just a relationship as like the exactly. kid, you know, and then your business is your business. But like, listen, I wouldn't I would be my kid's manager because I'm in charge of my child and I wouldn't trust anyone around. Right. My kid. That's exactly. exactly. And I get I totally get that. Yeah, that's probably what happened in the beginning. Like, yeah, they know it's best for her, especially if they, you know, because thank God now we have seven. the, um, yeah, we have the, uh, what's that, that, that rule where they have to put aside a certain amount of money. Yes. Um. So like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's best. That's usually what happens. I mean, but eventually when they come of age, you know, it's, I, I would imagine too, the parents at first, it's a, it's like, oh man, but I've been here from the beginning. But then it's like, yeah, mom, dad, go off and live your life. Like, yeah, go on a listen, vacation. You have like, a lot of money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I could see that getting messy a little. I don't know. Yeah, I think at first, and I mean, I don't have children, but I would imagine at first I could see why the parents' feelings would be hurt at first. But then when you think about it, you're like, oh, so we can go on vacation and sleep yeah. late and. Live in exactly. a big house still. Like, <laughs> or start, you know, nice. or what some of them would do is they'll start uh, managing other acts. That's true. Because they know how to yeah. do it. Yeah. Right. Actually, really, really well. Yep. Um. So, okay. So in November 2014, she surprise released her new single, The Heart Wants What It Wants. Um, and after months of speculation, they confirmed that she would be releasing a compilation album as a means of finishing out her contract with Hollywood Records. So, you know, we ha- we hear these stories a lot of these young, especially female artists, when they first sign. I have a feeling that first deal is awful because they seem, I'm thinking of uh, Kesha and I think- your first, Taylor's- record, your first record deal is awful for male or female. It's just not designed- you know, I would think yeah. Selena's would be uh, better because she was already like a name. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, who knows? Probably not. Well, her. Probably not. Um, she released her first solo compilation album for the like the last thing she did for them. And it's called For You. And I have no doubt For You means Hollywood Records. <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> I feel like she's you. like fine. Subtext. Here. Screw you. Screw you, bitches. And they're like, that's fine. We have a lot of money thanks to you. We're good. Oh, isn't that sweet? All right. So her dating life. Yeah, she does dating life. It's just honestly not the most interesting thing about her, which I think isn't like the more you research, like all that she's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could talk about it a little. So I think she from December 2010 to March 2018 she had an on-again, off-again relationship with a, a little-known singer named Justin Bieber. Bieber? Bieber. Have you heard of him? I have no idea. I Justin? So. Justin. I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not that old. Okay. Uh, and she also dated a guy named DJ Zed. I mean, I don't know who that is. A guy, but he's like it's super cool famous, and we're like lame, you know? Yeah, could be. Like, um, and then she dated the weekend a little bit. Oh God, this, poor thing. I know, right? I'm sorry. But she's she's okay now. Um, she, I yeah. guess like during the I, off agains, you know. I shouldn't Bieber. say that. I actually like some weekend songs, and I was shocked when people were like, "He's kind of problematic." I'm like, "Is he?" Because his voice is so sweet. I know. Right? <laughs> he sounds like <laughs> he sounds like Michael Jackson's child. Like Aww. he's got like that register. <laughs> I like his songs. Like some of his songs. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. I actually downloaded the like some of his songs. Like I actually like the weekend. So listen, you know, I, there's a lot of the weekend on Just Dance, and I may or may not be really, really good in my head at least when I dance to his songs. So yeah. that is what I have to say about that. <laughs> um, okay. So around 2015, um, she's had her lupus diagnosis and treatment. She also ready. She appeared in Taylor Swift's music video for bad blood. Taylor Swift is like, she has said is like one of her only really good friends. I that like, I think she has more than that, but she they're very close. Yeah, they probably uh, came up together. Yeah, and they, they both get what it is to be like crazy famous, but also yeah. trying to do some good a little bit. Um, she released Good For You, which became her first top five single on Billboard Hot 100 and the first single to top the mainstream top 40. Uh, she did Hotel Transylvania 2. Okay, yes. Uh, she released her second studio solo album called Revival, which was like very well praised. Um, she is one of only six female artists to have three singles from the same album top the chart. Okay. Oh. And she was an advisor on the ninth season of The Voice. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that either. Oh. I mean, I'm exhausted and I'm not even done. She, <laughs> 2016. <laughs> Are you ready? Because we yeah. have so much to talk about. So power through this. Ready? She premiered The Fundamentals of Caring with Paul Rudd. She embarked on her worldwide revival tour in May 2016 whilst working on her third album. I just wanted to say the word whilst. And I did. Thank you. How do you feel? Really you good. Feel? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for asking. That was That means a lot to me. So if did you see the documentary? No, that's me. why I'm like all shocked about this. Like, yeah, yeah like obviously I'm a only murders in the building fan. So I mean, that's I know where... who Sel Selena Gomez is, obviously, but it's like I, I, I watched Hotel stuff. Transylvania. I was like, who's the voice? She's really good. Oh, and then like only murders in the building. And I was like, I love her. And then I saw the documentary and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like she's led seven lives. It's amazing. Um, so, but in the documentary, what I'm, she, she, this is basically around the, do the documentary. Uh, we see her go through this. So she canceled her tour, her revival tour in the middle of it due to anxiety and panic attacks and depression that was brought on by her lupus. Um, Wikipedia oh, doesn't thing. say a word about it, but the documentary talks about, that was when she was finally diagnosed with bipolar disorder. 
So oh, no, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it hits you mm-hmm. around that age and then yep. stress. Yep. Oh, stress man. Stress can, can pull it out. Um, And she's she's like, I follow her on Instagram. She's very public about it. And she's, I mean, she's so inspiring. Um, And she has been into philanthropy before that diagnosis. But I think that really pushed her to, to really want that. Like I've seen, I'm jumping ahead here, but I've seen interviews where she talks about like how really, maybe it is in the documentary. I don't know. I've seen so much about her in the last couple of days Um, that like really what she wants is to do philanthropy. Like she'll keep doing the art stuff, but she wants like, she wants to be married and have kids and do philanthropy. Um, Oh, that's good. So, I mean, right? It's beautiful. But P.S., we follow her on Insta, but so do 399 million other people. Yeah. So uh, Lena got a, a big, big, mm. like, stand base. But now I understand it. Like, it's more than just yeah. like, you know, oh, she's young. She's a, a kid star. And blah, blah, blah. like, she's a if I uh, had like younger nieces or I mean, younger, like cousins, I'd be like, yeah. Selena Gomez is somebody y'all should like. That means y'all had good taste. Listen, I started playing my children who music. I'm like, you love her. You love her. And they're like, is that how it works? And I was like, yeah, that's how it works. And they, I mean, they just looked at me, but the music is good. So, you know, I think it's working. Um, She also, okay, in the documentary, you see her supporting the WE Foundation in Kenya. um, And she's visiting female students who who are in the school that's being supported by that foundation. So they get to go to school for free. Um, and then there was a scandal, a financial scandal with the foundation. Um, Ruh-roh. Yeah. You know, it was one of those like rich That's people. bound to happen though. Like, rich people taking money they absolutely don't need because they want to. I think it was that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know if the school is affected. I couldn't figure that out. Um. Well, uh, legally, we uh, allegedly, allegedly, it's all allegedly, alleged, alleged. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I am so ignorant of the situation. I'm actually just talking about the scene in the documentary where she's like, oh, no, something happened with the funding. And it's like you hear the news thing behind her being like there was a scandal and she's like upset. But I looked it up that the the. the um, the what is it the we foundation is still there it's still around so i think they had to close some things but not the whole thing okay um so after her rehab they're calling it rehab but i i think it's mental support essentially well nowadays rehab i mean Usually when you say it, people think of, of, of substance and alcohol abuse, but right. people also now know that it could be like a mental rest because celebrities yeah. often don't get mental rest. So, And if you think about all that she does, like, and all that she puts on herself to do, that's a lot, you know? Um, yeah. she, uh, she performed at the AMAs. She won Favorite Pop Artist of the Year. Uh, also won Biggest Triple Threat in 2016 at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. 
She was nominated for more, but that was the one she won because she's just a badass. Um, she supports the LGBTQI plus community. She joined numerous celebrities to write, quote, a love letter uh, during Pride Month in 2016. Um, oh, so she is one of our peeps. She's one of our, I mean, she is one of our people. She collaborated with 23 other artists for a charity single, Hands, as a tribute for the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting to raise funds for Equality Florida's Pulse Victims, GLAD, and the, it's called the GLBT Community Center of Central Florida. But I don't know why it's, the num- the letters are moved around, but there you go. Would you um, say GL what? GLBT, which I- So gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans? As my, that's my, that makes sense. But like, why wouldn't it just be like LGBTQI+, like all the other ones are? I have no idea. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a reason. Or Listen, because the, it's Florida. I mean, it's either <laughs> they got Flor- it wrong. <laughs> they don't know how to spell. Listen, <laughs> I just had to. I had to do it. I, I know you it. did. Listen, at least they're trying. You know. I know. Um, you know what she did? She, she do? donated the proceeds of her revival tour in North Carolina to fight the state's recent legislation known as the bathroom law. Do you remember that law? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Uh-huh. It, it required people to use public restrooms in line with their birth gender unless they had fully transitioned. The law did repeal in 2017. I mean, I don't know what's happening now, but... You know why? Because they want to replace it with a worse law, but... Eh, I know. mean, as a general rule, that That's feels... what's going on now. That feels yeah. right. Wrong, but right. Um, she... More music, more nominations. She was one of the executive producers of 13 Reasons Why. That was a book that really connected with her. Do you remember that show on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a huge hit. Yeah. Um, she did a bunch of things. Y'all, okay, I'm going to skip because she's, <laughs> she's amazing. She's a, she, in 2017, Time Magazine honored her as, quote, one of the sorry, as one of the, quote, women who are changing the world, end quote, on its first women leaders list. Um, she also, in 2019, she did a movie, A Rainy Day in New York, which was a Woody Allen movie. Now, I'm from what I gather, she didn't quite know about Woody Allen and the historical accusations against him. When she found out, and she had already signed on to do the movie, what she did is she made a donation of over $1 million to the Time's Up initiative, which was more than her salary for the film, in order to feel comfortable doing the film. She actually got really good reviews for the movie as well. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's a shame because Woody Allen movies are usually really good if if they don't have to deal with a young woman. But But honestly, if you look back a little bit and some of the themes... Eh, eh, it's, it's messy. Is that oh, the right oh word? yeah. You yeah, know, especially the early, early ones. You're like, I can't believe they put this out. This is so problematic. <laughs> but he- then I, I, but then there's other films like his later films are great. Like, then that's the hard yeah. part that we have to deal with, like uh, separating or not separating right. uh, people's work from from what their they are as human beings. Yeah, and it's yeah, I know. It's I mean, I don't know. I genuinely personally don't know much about it but i love that she was like you know what 
let me just donate to this. Let me just she she might not have known much about it either. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people, there's whisperings until recently. And it could be, you know, one of the reasons because people are probably like, why didn't she back out? But it's like, if she's already signed on, uh, yeah. sometimes you open yourself to lawsuit and being sued. Oh, for, for sure. More money. So. Um, so she executive produced the Netflix docuseries Living Undocumented, which follows eight undocumented families in America. It was a critical success. She did it because she felt a strong connection with her family history um her third studio album rare came out um it was well reviewed here's one of the reviews uh jem oswad a variety says one of the best pop albums to be released in recent memory and described it as quote sophisticated precisely written and expertly produced music so mm. in the wake of the alabama abortion ban in may 2019 she spoke out in uh, on Instagram in favor of abortion rights in the United States during the 2019-2020 Australian bushfire season. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. When we thought that was the worst thing that was going to happen in 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm crying. I don't know why. Uh, she made a donation to fight the wildfires and she urged her followers to do the same. In 2019, she received the McLean Award for Mental Health Advocacy because she she is frequently raising awareness on mental health. Yeah, so, very important. Yes. Uh, so 2020, so since she has lupus, she has to be very careful because COVID is particularly dangerous for her. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she created the Rare Impact Fund by Rare Beauty to help, quote, young people gain access to mental health resources and is committed to raising $100 million over the next 10 years. Um. She supports the Black Lives Matter movement. She lent her Instagram account to Alicia Garza, who's a, one of the co-creators of Black Lives Matter and one of the founders of uh, Black Futures Lab in June 2020. Yeah. Uh, oh, my Lord, I can't stop. Yeah. See, Listen, she, she's, she's our peeps. She's our she's part people. of our tribe. Yep. Um, she did a show called Selena Plus Chef on HBO Max. Did you see this? I need to start watching. No, this. I, I'm going to watch it now. I Girl, mean, she made, I'm already she, a fan, but. Right. Like, yeah. I heard it was actually really good. Somebody told me that a while ago. I need to watch. I love cooking. Like, I love cooking shows. Like, yeah, I love. You do. You okay. Do. Um, and uh, the show donates $10,000 to the charity of the chef's choice. Your two seasons of the show, they had raised $360,000. I'm almost done. But like, let's talk about the fact that she's 31. And I, I have gone on for days. Uh, in May 2021, she participated in the Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world concert uh, organized by Global Citizen to promote the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines worldwide through the COVAX program. The event urged people to ask their governments to pledge $22.1 billion in aid to the vaccine distribution. Oh, and she filmed Only Murders in the Building that same yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I've been waiting for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. If you watch the show, you know what that means. <laughs> yes, oh my God. I love it's it, so love funny it, love it. It's also about a podcast. And we're a podcast. It's very yes. meta right now. It's so good. It's so good. I've it's watched so the episodes good. over and over and over again. It's so good. You so can. Good. And it, there's so, it's so, that was like, I was like Selena Gomez. Like she's she can hang with Steve Martin and Martin Short. 
like on the face of it you hear it you're like that's a weird pairing but when you watch right. it you're like oh my god i totally mm, get it and it wouldn't perfect. be as good without her it would no not be it as wouldn't good like you, yeah. you and it's so much funnier because of her it's not even just like oh rapport like she lends the humor in a great way like yeah okay levetta and i can't stop it's so good um okay 2022 people named her one of 15 women who are changing the music industry today. Um, she was awarded with the first ever Mental Health Innovations Award for Excellence in Mental Health Advocacy uh, in 2022. Uh, Roe v. Wade, she spoke out in June 2022 about that that's bullshit, quote, Men need to stand up and also speak against this issue. It's also the amount of women that are hurting. Yes, girl. Um, in May 2022, MTV partnered with her and the Rare Impact Fund by Rare Beauty to host the Mental Health Youth Action Forum at the White House in coordination with the Biden-Harris administration. So she's literally talking to the president. Yeah. Okay. I Yeah. There's so much more. But I'll stop there because, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's still so young, too. So she's got so much uh, ahead of her as well. So but yeah, that I mean, her parents should be very, very proud of her, like uh, her family, her fans, her stands. Um, I think I'm I'm uh, I don't know what her stands are called, you know, like Selena's. I don't know. Um, I you know I'm what? I'm too stand old. now. Like this is like, wow, that's amazing. She's an amazing young woman, and good for her. Like, I know, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah, just good for her. Yeah, I know, y'all. Oh, she's so yeah. inspiring. What an interesting day. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Thank you so much for sharing You're the story welcome. of Selena Gomez. That's amazing. I didn't know like. 70% of that stuff, actually. So I learned a lot today, and I hope our listeners learned a lot as well. Um, and guys, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Notorious Women Podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on all the things. Remember to share us, uh, share the podcast link. That is, you can share us too. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, with your <laughs> friends and your family. Subscribe, like, download, write a review. Five stars. Five, Five stars. stars. Five, Five stars. Five. Please, and tell your friends and like, Send them the link. Copy like, yeah. and paste the link in a text, a DM, whatever you got to do. Actually, but, if you go on Apple Podcasts, you can like click on the, and there's those three little dots. Click on the three little dots and it'll say send and you can like send it. You just like send it. I send it. And while you're there, write a review or, or click the five stars. Like yeah, you can do that. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you so but much. Anything, yeah, anything you could do, and also a uh, reminder that our Patreon is up and uh, going. So if you want to support the show, uh, help us uh, a little bit to, you know, do some things, some extra things that we want to do for you guys. You can go to Patreon.com and search for Notorious Women. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Notorious Women. And Miriam's going to tell you where you can find us on IG and our email address. Yes. So IG, we are Notorious Women Podcast. It's very, very simple. Um, Come to IG, you guys. 
It can be lonely there, so please come ever so often. Like, again, a man likes to have an opinion that nobody asked for, but that's fine. We just, you know, we just stand together. That's what I'm saying. Um, and then you can email us at notoriouswmpod at gmail.com. And we check that regularly. So if you have any ideas, thoughts, opinions, things we forgot, you can tell us and we will talk about it on the next one. Exactly. Just be nice. All right, guys. Be nice. be nice to your neighbors and be nice to yourself. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.